welcome to Imagine Me and Mawar You Penguin Drum. I am Panda. I am your host, and I am here as always with my co-host Alice. Hi, Alice. Hi. And our other co-host Cass. Hi, Cass. Hello, hello. And we are here to talk about episode 17 of Mawaru Penguin Drum. And this one's kind of a silly one until it's not. You that- that really does not narrow it down. <laughs> Do you have the slightest idea how little that narrows it down? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's, uh, that's Ikuni shows in a whole, I guess. The episode title, the one on Wikipedia says this episode is called Those Who Cannot Be Forgiven. I believe my episode that I watched earlier just said The Unforgiven. So do with that what you will. This is my favorite Western of all time. <laughs> you know, I did think it sounded kind of like a Western when I saw the episode title earlier. Uh, that is weirdly enough. So I don't know if there is a movie based on this, but there is a cowboy rock band from like the uh, late 80s called The Unforgiven. Yeah. Yes, they had exactly one album that I only know because my dad owned it on cassette tape and we listened to it in the truck together when I was a very small Cassie. That's ridiculous. Is it good? Uh, It is what you expect. Better than you expect, but not so good that it requires you tracking it down. I mention it more because it is A, burned into my brain, B, relatively rare, and C, I am almost certain they were ripping off an actual western with that name (laughs) well all right then uh how about that i'm doing a great job keeping us on topic we're we've got there's a great energy because we are all fucking tired but we are going to persevere for you the listeners for whom we do everything all right so to start things off in this episode. We start at the train gates. Let's all hop the turnstile, everyone. We have no choice. None of us brought our passes. We're going to Ogi Kubo. Yep. By the way, today's uh, Double H promo is one of the more out there ones. The members of Double H are gunned down by an unknown assailant with the caption, someone is targeting you. They then get revenge with a minigun. I was about to ask, have they always had a weird little, like, crosshairs on them, or... Nope. That was... They they were getting James Bonded. I couldn't tell if they'd always been there, I just forgot about it. (laughs) Change blindness comes at you fast. Anyway, the dialogue that uh, leads in here. By the way, the... God, the way that, like, their heads explode like cake, this is not okay. (laughs) It's pretty funny. This is extremely fucking Madoka before Madoka existed. (laughs) Wait, is this- Although, not much before Madoka, was it? This can't predate Madoka, surely. Yes, it can. This predates fucking Madoka, I'm pretty sure. Let's find out. Would you like to check? Let's consult the internet. They may be the same year. Consult the slab. Wow! It looks like Penguin Drum started airing in July of 2011, but Monica aired in ja- started airing in January of 2011. Was it, re- was it really 2011 for Monica? Mm-hmm. Huh. That is a weird coincidence. Yeah. Wow. That was a weird fucking anime season. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 
Yuri had the other half of the diary is the first slide of this episode. And that means Masako must have the other half. That's Natsume. Yep. This is Kanba and Sho talking to each other uh, on the train as they go to visit Himari in the hospital. Also, the two immediately resurrect in the little promo and then gun down their assailant, which is the funniest shit. It's really good. So the two are kind of putting the pieces together and figure out Masako must have been the person who stole the other half of the diary. Or, sorry, Yuri must have been. One of the two must have been the other woman to steal the half of the diary. And while they are <laughs> speculating about what Yuri is after, Penguin number two and Penguin number one are doing an adorable little background gag of stealing and swallowing everything in the two shopping bags, which in this case is just the supplies for making takoyaki. I did not get this at first, but the first <laughs> thing is uh, seasoning and then eggs to, to make the breading. Mm-hmm. And then a whole thing of mayonnaise, which is typically used to top it. And then a live octopus, which immediately begins attacking Penguin 1. They're talking about how Yuri has, claims that she wants the diary so that she can transfer fates. And yep. they are uh, discussing whether or not it's possible to transfer fates by completing the diary. I love that the implication here is that it doesn't so much change fate as you get off of one fate train and get on another. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That I mean, that is how it works, because you're not really changing fate. You're just uh, leaving your fate behind and going to a different one. But yes, uh, Sho speculates that if they transfer fates, maybe, maybe Himari can get better. And Kamba goes, that's dumb. We should continue to do that medicine that I am affording through shady means. Show, is it the medicine expensive? Kamba, don't worry about it, dumbass. <laughs> Kamba's a lot nicer than I made him sound. He actually just says, he basically tries to play it off like, I'm the big brother, I should worry about this. You don't worry your head about it. You just keep concentrating on staying happy and enjoying your life. You know, I'll make sure it ends. It all works out. Meanwhile, in train window behind them, we can see the reflection of the multiple octopi attacking the penguins. I don't know what's funnier to me, the the, the gangster shit he's doing here, or the um, Cthulhu shit that's happening behind him. Right? <laughs> like, he, like... I'm not wrong, right? There, like, I get a like, I get a feeling that they're supposed to think that he is like in with organized crime. Yeah, like, he, like the Yakuza vibe of the I'm lounging all over the place. It's like, oh, don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. By the way, this shot here where we get mostly the top half of Show's head for like half a second is the most moe he's ever been drawn, and it is extremely like, <laughs> oh yeah, these characters were designed by Aoi artists. Yeah. This <laughs> very brief, very brief Lily Hoshino art style assertion there for a second. Anyway, it's time for the opening song. And we get a new theme song this time, right? Yep. This is uh, Boys Come Back to Me, I think is the name of it. I can't remember. I love this song. This was actually like the first song I heard from Penguin Drum before I knew anything about the show. And but yeah, we have oh! a new spoiler alert. We have a new end theme for this episode, too. Yep. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of variant end themes lately. Uh, I'm starting to miss uh, Coltar of the Deepers, but they will return. <laughs> I do love this little shot of, like, all three of the characters running at different angles and then, like, resolving to show all three of them dashing off in slightly different directions. And then they turn into penguins. Yep. 
With Kanba very specifically angled, so you can tell Sho and Himari are kind of going in one direction, and he is slightly veering off into another. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're back at the General Hospital, where the Penguin Hat has been returned to its place of prominence, and Himari is really excited because the takoyaki that Kanba's cooking are getting crispy. They have a whole setup where he has newspaper laid out on the ground and they are making takoyaki on the floor of her hospital room and it is adorable and also makes me super hungry. I know, right? We just ate not long ago and I almost want to eat some takoyaki. I would I would do unfathomable things for some takoyaki right now. Anyway, this octopus is currently being bear hugged by Penguin 1 while Penguin 2 uh, squares up to use a uh, this is genuine. disturbing. I yeah. just want to go out there and say that this is very weird. The fact that it's cartoony makes it weirder. You don't have to cut off the tentacles while the octopus is alive, right? Like to no, make you've got to cut it off while, the, while it's alive so you can feel the life draining out of it. God, it's like you don't know anything. Okay, uh, unironically, so there is some controversy because serving octopus alive, usually very young octopus, mm-hmm. like much smaller than this, is a thing you can get done in yeah. Japanese and no, Korean. No, I've heard of that, but like when you're making takoyaki, but when you're making takoyaki, typically you just chop off the tentacles. Come pre-chopped off. The octopus is in fact mm-hmm. usually dead or has just been like you know put into its death throes when you take the tentacles off. In fact, you do not want it to be alive because it's hard to get the tentacles to stop moving while it's alive. It's evidenced by the fact that one penguin is having to restrain them, restrain the octopus while the other chops its tentacles off. This reminds me, by the way, that um, in less so in Japan, but more so in um, Korea, and I believe in China as well, I have to check, there is a practice that is somewhat controversial Mm-hmm. Uh, a way of serving fish that the fish uh, is still technically alive when it gets to you. It is boiling, so it's like in the process of dying when it hit when you're it's on your plate on your table. Oh, horrible! I hate that. Yes. That's just what it reminds me of. You may continue. Are you thinking of Ikirizushi, or are you thinking of? Um... I do not remember what it's called. Because like Ikirizushi is like technically. The name for that comes from Japan, and that's just the sashimi is done so quickly that when they serve it, they plate it with the head, so you can see the head is still moving. It is similar to that, but it is a little different from what you're describing. Oh, you're thinking of, oh yeah, never mind. What you're thinking of is extremely fucked up, (laughs) and is not a thing in Japan that I am aware of. That is specifically like a Thai, Korean, Chinese thing. um, Live octopus is a thing in, in Korea. Live octopus is thing in Korea and Japan, but it doesn't. But yeah, but it also doesn't look like this, and uh, uh, <laughs> this is not how you do this. Because it's, it, it, multiple levels of how you do this. The thing, by the way, that penguin that Sunny Penguin Three has here is actually a tool that is used by Japanese chefs. Uh, this little pike thing. Mm-hmm. Usually, this is used for like eel, which have to be cooked pretty quickly after they're killed. Mm-hmm. You stab them down to whatever you're going to cook them on, and then you hit the eel in the head and then kill it in two strokes. Okay. Very quick process. I've seen it on Iron Chef. Well, it's also just the thing they use to, like, flip the takoyaki. Oh, no, that is not what they're using to flip the takoyaki. It's not, not, that's what... I think he's using chopsticks to flip the takoyaki. I thought it looked like Kamba had one in his hand, too. Hold on. I'm gonna run it back just a hair. Enhance! Enhance! Yeah, see, it looks like 
combat has one too. No, you can you can tell from the way he's holding it, those are chopsticks. No, no. It's got the same handle. So next time you that panda comes up or we're finding a place that serves uh serves these, right? Yeah. Um Takayaki, you wouldn't want to flip it with this because you would have to pierce the Takayaki to do it. Well, he may not have the right materials. This may just be I I, I look It would be so easy to have chopsticks. My okay. theory is correct. Look these are the same object. Look at them. Like, they have the same handle. They're right next to each other. But the way he... Look at where the uh, thing is positioned on it. It's like he's gripping it, not stabbing through it. But that's the, that's the same object. <laughs> it's not the same object. Actually, I think it might be the same object. They have the same handle. Chopsticks don't have a handle like that. Yeah, if I you think... would like to resolve this dispute, please write into our show. I, I think that it may be... The perfect midpoint between you, I'm going to be a centrist here, is that Panda's right and that's the same object. I don't think that they thought this angle of that this thing is through. Like, I'm not saying that that's what you normally use to flip Takayaki, but like, this is clearly the same object that, that he has. It's not. You're it has the same handle. It's not the same handle. It literally is, Cass. I'm sorry. That is not a chopstick handle, Cass. I will die on this hill, but we will find out later. Anyway, uh, Sho is annoyed because he has to watch the door, and he's like, I wish I could show off my takoyaki skills. Also, the octopus has been fully... One octopus has been fully dismembered, and the other live octopus immediately just yoinks for one off screen. Cass, that is not a chopstick that he has in his hand. Oh, you're right. I'm stupid. Thank you! Okay, we can. The episode can go on now. <laughs> I was waiting for us to get a second shot. Okay, we need to take a we second. We should have just advanced the tape. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when you say the words, I'm going to die on this hill, like, I, I knew we were not going to be able to. Continue. Because I will also die on this hill. <laughs> continue the shot. Shot continuer. <laughs> but yeah. Himari is trying to make sure that they save some for Shoma, and Kamba's like, no, eat as many as you want. Shoma can be fine with the tempura scraps. Just being an asshole on purpose. Shoma's over here like, why do I always get the lame duty? I'm gonna look this the fuck up later and see if I <laughs> was just wrong about this not being used to flip Tarayaki. I mean, it might not be, but it's clearly what he's doing. Yeah, I'm dumb. <laughs> anyway... Himari brings Shoma a plate of takoyaki and she's putting extra seaweed flakes on it because that's how he likes his. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Meanwhile, we keep seeing one octopus that is left. And it <laughs> is- what else? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Alice has brought, brought the discussion of takoyaki yeah. into the, the text group chat. I've been all night, not all night. I posted that text specifically to avoid this happening. <laughs> anyway, uh, why are we here just to suffer? <laughs> the octopus has picked up both of the penguins and is holding them upside down. But you can see, um, I think this is penguin number two has like a little bit of tentacle sticking out of his mouth. Oh, that's dismaying. Yeah. Oh, and it's still moving. Ah, uh, I hate this. <laughs> oh no! The octopus has knife. a knife. Yep. What you got there? A knife. No. Whoa! 
And then Sunny immediately fucking ninjas it with one of the takoyaki picks. <laughs> skewers! Just fucking, like, skewer, using skewers as a, um... Oh god, what are they called? Those little kuna- kunai. Yes. She fully Naruto's this octopus. <laughs> there is a much more entertaining anime happening in the background of this family life drama. <laughs> anyway, we get a pretty dirty little t- shot of the pretty dirty little takoyaki cooker. Uh, everyone is full. The second octopus has been chased out the window by by Sunny, who is now poking it with the skewer to get it to leave. As they uh, clean up the mess that they have made in her hospital room. Yep. And Himari just goes, I feel a lot better. I guess it's thanks to all that medicine. Sanatoshi says I can be released from the hospital soon. I press X to doubt. <laughs> I like Kanba's little carton of penguins coffee. Yup, as he drinks it annoyed because Sanatoshi is around. Shoma says that when uh, she gets out of the hospital, they can go for sukiyaki to celebrate. Alice, I miss Sukiyaki. I know, I do too. We were both sad that our local hibachi place, which is the only local place that did Sukiyaki-style anything, uh, went under. Oh, that's very sad. Especially since this is the season for, this is the end of the season for Sukiyaki. What is Sukiyaki? Sukiyaki is a beef dish. It's, um, I figured it, it was a beef dish. It's, uh, the best way I can explain it is, remember peppers and beef? Yeah. Okay, what if peppers and beef, but like, with onions and also it's better than uh it's uh, it's it's pretty simple but it's uh, usually eaten during uh winter oh okay yeah it's a it's a nice warm little steak thing to do with um nice. you get like carrot shavings in there a lot and onion shavings and yeah you do like a light marinade Ooh, it's yum. very good nice i believe it um it, no i know how to describe it it's it's like hot pot okay it's it's a variation on hot pot. I, I don't think of it as being hot pot because it doesn't work quite the, the way that the hot pot I'm familiar with. But it's yeah. basically a hot pot. Okay. Which is, you know, why you make sense of it. The reason why um, it might be relevant to this scene and also her is that it's, um, you eat at New Year's. Oh. Yeah, you eat at the year-end parties because you're kind of, it's it's similar. Um, it, to me, at least, it, it the way I, I've seen it's described it's kind of like one of those things that, you know, like in the Anglosphere, we do uh, like boiled cabbage around New yeah. Year's. And it's kind of like the whole like, you know, this is the thing you do for good luck and a new good an, an end of the Yeah, okay. Year. I just looked up a picture of Sukiyaki and I have probably, I think I've seen this in it, like in anime. Yeah. It's, uh, you've seen it, you've definitely seen it in anime before. I'm pretty sure there's like a Sukiyaki uh, emoji on my phone. Probably. Like in the food emoji section. I did that or it's just it's just very good looking soup. Yeah, it's just a little thing you do that's associated with the New Year's and also with celebrating. Nice. The the end of the year. So it's that's the kind very of thing cool. It's also the kind of thing I think you'd probably bring up if you were excited to get out of the hospital. Yeah, that makes sense. There's something Himari wanted to ask them. She just presents her knitting and uh the boys are very impressed and the show is like, Oh, you're finally taking on the challenge of a big item. It's a sweater. Sweater. I love the way she's drawn here with just like a little stickman face. Mm-hmm. So cute. She's like, what do you think about this color? And Kanba immediately makes an ass of himself. <laughs> uh, Shogo goes, oh, it's pretty good, but it's a little dull for you. And she goes, no, it's not for me. It's for a man. Kanba, immediately mm-hmm. I'm hearing it's for a man as a thank you gift. Mm-hmm. With Himari looking at him. 
She's like, I guess it's fine, not my taste, but for that guy. Which I feel like he probably is assuming that this is for Sonatoshi. Sonatoshi, it is 100% what he's assuming here. He's like, yeah, give the, give that shitty brown sweater to Sonatoshi, fuck that guy. <laughs> Goes to throw his fucking coffee in the trash, misses, and Sho has to pick it up for him and put it in there. Right. What a, what a loser. Garbage goes in the garbage bin. And turns out there's another octopus in the garbage can. They never see the third octopus coming. Nobody ever suspects the octopus in the garbage can. Hail Octopedes. The octopi are shelling each other. <laughs> they tried to ask who the sweater is for, and Himari insists that it's a secret. Also, we get a shot of the little shrine to the hat. The hat's not on it. Hmm, I'm sure that won't be important in like three seconds. Yep. Himari is all better now. Yeah. Soon the three of us can live together again. Himari is looking at a magazine called Men's Tackle. <laughs> as Sho speculates, I wonder if we can finally go back to normal. No more weird hat ordering us around, and it won't be necessary to chase some weird diary down. Famous last words. And then fucking bam, Princess of the Crystal like, nope, it is necessary while stuffing her face with like an entire plate of takoyaki. It's so cute and it's so funny. Yep, just fucking there. And they just like slowly turn their heads like, uh-oh. By the yeah. way, I love that if you look at this, the way that her uh, her mouth is drawn with the little downwards makes it look like she has a beat for a second. Oh yeah, like a penguin. Like a penguin with the penguin hat on. Anyway, it's time for the survival strategy. <laughs> Through her mouth full of takoyaki, we get survival tactics. Yep, and uh, we get the full rocket over Japan again. It's great. So long without it, and we've had two episodes in a row. Never leave me again, my sweet. It was my fault. I'm sorry I hurt you. I know. I was so delighted to uh, have it back this episode. Yup. We are eating well. <laughs> anyway, as per usual, it's the same sequence as normal. The classic rock over Japan. We've talked about it before. There is not a ton else to say about it beyond it's great and perfect. And if you haven't watched this show... You really should watch at least the first few episodes just to experience the stupid animation sequence. Hell, just look this up on YouTube. Yeah, it is unironically, hands down, the best part of the show. Anyway, listen to you, low lives will never amount to anything. What were what were you gonna say, Cass? I was gonna say I almost want to recommend like yeah, absolutely look it up on YouTube, but also watch the first couple episodes or oh, sure. at least the pilot episode because. Seeing the number of times this gag happens in its full context with the hat just like disappearing and then from where it was sitting and then appearing on Himari's head as she just stands up. Oh yeah, absolutely incredible. It never fails to work. You do not get the full impact of this sequence if you don't get some of the high comedy of <laughs> the Princess of the Crystal just ambushing you with it. The highs and lows of the Princess of the Crystal. Yep. Listen, you lowlifes who will never amount to anything. And immediately, Sho and Kama are, like, riffing on the princess at this point. And she chides them, saying, Have you imbeciles forgotten your duty? There is not a second to waste. Obtain the penguin drum. Uh, Kama's like, So the penguin drum really is that diary? No. And they just sort of stare at her. And she just sort of stares back. And then she looks away and says, 
not telling. This, like, I think the, the Japanese here is, like, great. She starts going, like, nai, which is just, like, nope. And then, like, awkward pause, nai sho, which is what Humari said earlier to go, it's a secret. Yeah, in uh, in the English dub, they just used, uh, like, it was just her saying, uh, it's a secret again. Yeah, it's fully, like, it's the equivalent joke here would always be like, no, telling you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like that. And Shoma is uh, not happy about this. He says, you showed up for the first time in ages just to tell us that. Shoma's just, like, absolutely having a fit about this. She does say, I will tell you something important as a bonus. If you continue to neglect the penguin drum, dramatic blow out of skirt, someone in your family will suffer a terrible punishment. And they don't really have very much family left, so there's not many people to pick from. <laughs> yep. Uh, she says, punishment? What do you mean? What you treasure most will be lost. Kanba immediately cottons on to the fact that this is probably Himari. Mm-hmm. And Sho gets indignant. What is your damage? We were just having Takoyaki! <laughs> and while he is complaining, he is, of course, dropped through the trap door, because we are going full classic for this sequence. Oh, yeah. Goodbye! Just <laughs> love how he doesn't even, like, change his pose. Straight grab, shoot, drop down. Let's initiate the survival strategy. The only difference between this and the typical sequence is it goes on a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Princess of the Crystals, little corset explodes. And Kamba on his knees says, it can't be me, right? I can't be the one to save Himari anymore, right? But she says, you can do it. I can tell. Because, because Penguin Ping- Drum is. And then she kind of just, what is the motion I am describing there? Yeah, she, like, falls on top of him in a way that is, like, romantic. Hey, kids. (laughs) We've had a lot of screwed up stuff happening in Penguin Drum lately, so take that into account when I say this does not faze me as much as it did. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of the least of our worries at this point. (laughs) Uh, Yuri, meanwhile, is talking to someone and t- letting them know that Shoma Takakura wanted to, him to lend her to the diary. Or wanted her to lend him the diary. Yuri's telling someone else that Shoma wanted the diary from her. <laughs> <laughs> he was now. saying something strange about his sister's life and penguins. Anyway, it turns out she's talking to Tabuki. And Yuri says, I of course turned Show down because his goal is different from ours. Not to mention, the kids can't appreciate the true value of the diary. It's almost 9,000 yen. (laughs) You and I are the only ones in the world who do. So here we have something we weren't privy to as a dynamic between Yuri and Tabuki before, which is kind of obvious in hindsight. Uh, These two seem to be drawn together because they are the last two surviving friends of uh, Momoka. Yeah. And they are both, in their own ways, extremely scarred by her loss. Yuri says she still can't forgive members of the Takakura family. And Tabuki's like, you're still on about that? It's all in the past. It's not like they're directly responsible for it. This is about to be extremely ironic in mm-hmm. a few minutes. I really like the framing of this shot. We've got Yuri is on the couch and Tabuki is in a chair and they are sitting very far apart from one another, despite the fact that they are clearly like sharing 
I guess some champagne and you can see the champagne glass or the wine or uh, the champagne bottle or wine bottle or whatever it is in the foreground. And it is like, it has the, is that the Tokyo tower framed in the middle of it? Yep. That's Tokyo tower, which as we now know in this retelling of our reality in the Penguin Dorm universe, canonically, Momoka made a giant statue turned into the Tokyo Tower to save Yuri's life. Yes. Among other things. She tells Tabuki that Ringo is in love with Shoma. And Tabuki says, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you okay with that? Ringo is Ringo. She's, She's not, not Momoka. Yuri, I know that. Do you? It's a rest of development narrator immediately. But she did not, in fact, know that. <laughs> he says the sins of the parents aren't shared by the children. I no longer have particular feelings toward them. Really? She asks if he's going to forgive them. Uh, and, you know, she exclaims that the Takakuras took the lives of many innocent people. I'm just going to go out on the limb here and say Tabuki and Yuri are not necessarily good for each other as a relationship. No. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why I think that. We kind of get some dialogue reiterating some things we already know. This is both exposition for anyone who, because this is a broadcast anime, might have actually missed a previous episode, mm-hmm. but also kind of showing the different ways Tabuki and Yuri are reacting to uh, Momoka's death in the terrorist attack that the Takakura parents orchestrated. Which is, Tabuki just kind of go, is trying desperately to say, he's saying all the right things. You know, regret and hatred won't bring anyone back. And as far as we know, in this moment in the episode... Yeah, he, he's being accurate about that. He's although being as being sincere. Be, yeah. Oh, it's the wine, it's the wine glass in the middle supposed to be kind of an empty chair thing? Because they have their own wine glasses. What? Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that he was holding his, but then there's one next to him. I think it's supposed to be kind of an empty chair thing. Ah, yeah. The third glass. The third glass for Momoka. Yep. Oh, that is pretty hardcore. I didn't Mm -hmm. catch that in my first viewing. Because, yeah, they are... Oh, and it's like a special glass, too. Yeah. In the establishing shots we see, they are so far apart from each other. There's no way that's Gary's glass. And Tabuki actually moves his glass closer as though he's, like, cheer- cheersing her. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a really subtle little thing there that Alice caught, uh, which I did not when I was watching the episode. Me either! And what's kind of getting me about that is, that kind of is a little bit of setup for what will happen later, because Tagakura in this, or Tabuki in this moment, is absolutely, you know, saying all the right things about, you know, I regret and hatred can't bring back Momoka, you know, I've I've moved past my feelings. And then we see him obviously still in the process of grieving, physically trying to establish connection with someone who's no longer there. Mm -hmm. As Yuri storms off from her chair and goes to the window, Tabuki insisting he hasn't forgotten about Momoka either. How could either of them forget? Yep. And we get a flashback. Flashback. Tabuki and Yuri, the day we played with Momoka, the, by that memorable pond. Fate that binds us. Momoka was our everything. Those days will all always seem to be glistening. So this is just a very quick flashback 
it's a childhood memory of the two of them being grabbed by Momoka as she runs along the edge of a pond with them, and they try and chase what look like a couple of wild geese that have taken off from them. <laughs> Quite literally, Momoka has two hands. Yes! <laughs> it's a very, very cute little image. Mm-hmm. Those days I spent with Momoka meant the world to me during childhood. And Tabuki says, same goes for me. Tabuki says, even if her life was unfairly stolen away, Momoka wouldn't want us to seek revenge. To which Yuri responds, Momoka is not dead. Right. Right, says Tabuki as he goes to drink more of his champagne. Okay, so it's kind of a that which is not dead eternal lies kind of thing. I guess. Oh, it's it's the bit from uh, The Call of Cthulhu. And even, I know what you were quoting. I'm not sure what your context was there. Momoka is a dead, which normally I would it would be just kind of a thing you were saying. But also there's an infinite library that exists in another dimension, so... I think the implication there is that Yuri is insisting that as long as there is a possibility of using the diary, Momoka is not really dead. Schrodinger's Momoka? Yes. Until you open the diary, she's both dead and alive. Or is Momoka alive in the box, or is Momoka dead in the box? <laughs> we won't know until you open the box, Madler. The quantum superposition! And the scene ends with uh, Yuri saying that the room is too cold and they need curtains. Which, yeah, there's a lot... That's a kind of a heavy line when you remember that part of the context there is that every time she looks out on the skyline from that apartment, she is seeing the physical evidence of Momoka's existence. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to... Sanatoshi doing what he does best, giving brushies to his little rabbits and <laughs> monologuing. Isn't it electrifying? In the human world, truth and reality aren't always one and the same. Humans just call their desires and ambitions truth. Humans will even kill other humans if they have truth as an excuse. And uh, on the computer screens in front of Sanatoshi are just little logos of the bunnies. These little bunny logos. This man's very on brand. He is lounging. He is pet br giving brushies to the rabbits. He is monologuing the fuck out of this. <laughs> this is amazing. His little orrery starts moving around. War. It's war. The war is about to break out. Anyway, that's our that's our eye catch. And wow, I great great use of Sanatoshi. R I M fourteen, and this is deep. <laughs> uh, anyway, the boys have made it back to the hospital room, only to be informed by Sanatoshi's little helper, Femboys. Bunny boys. <laughs> there is a very important distinction. Fair. Santoshi's little bunny boys that uh, Himari has fully uh, flown the coop. She's left a note saying, sorry, I've gone shopping. I'll be back by the end of the day. And everyone is upset because it's supposed to be Himari's day to get another dose of her medicine. And she needs to be at the hospital to get it. And Kanba is upset. Damn it. What is she thinking? Yeah, that that is actually valid. Hamari's the most airheaded moment. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't a good idea. Anyway, the rabbit boys are being creepy and saying, it'll be bad if she doesn't get her scheduled dose by midnight, like finishing each other's sentences. And Shoma asks, what'll happen if she doesn't? Yep. I'm not doing a shining, you're doing a shining. They both look down and don't answer directly. 
So we just need to get Hikari back by night, right? <laughs> if she re- returns, yeah. If she can return, that's ominous. <laughs> totally not ominous. Kanma just going like, God damn it, we should have given our sister a cell phone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The bunny boys are like, this selfish behavior is going to cause problems with Dr. Sanatoshi's special treatment. Kanba immediately looks over and sees Himaru's shopping bag, which has a branding, a brand name on it, Yozawaya, and has her yarn and some stuff in it. Kanba stalks off saying, come on, Shoma, I know where Himari is. And meanwhile, the octopus is still alive and climbing the outside of the hospital. Right. This fucking octopus... Just crawling up to ambush the penguins. It's so funny. Anyway, Himari is shopping, but she does have enough brain cells not to go shopping alone. It is time for our episode's dose of Ringo. Ringo is here. She asks Himari if she's really okay. Himari assures her that she's fine. The doctor gave her permission to leave. So that That is a lie. Yeah, I assume... Either she's lying or- That is a lie or what is being told to Shoma and Tamba is a lie. Yeah, I mean, like, I- My first impression was maybe that Sanatoshi said that because, like, he's meddling in things. But it is also possible that she is just lying to Ringo. Somebody is lying. Yeah, someone is not telling the truth. This is a real Rashomon situation. (laughs) Anyway, Himari reassures Ringo, Oh, it's fine. You're with me, too. I'll be fine. Nothing bad could possibly happen to me today. I want to finish Khan and Show's sweaters before I'm released from the hospital. Uh, and she's telling Ringo about her stay while Sunny begins aggressively knitting the beginnings of a little sweater with her little, just little adorable little knitting needles sitting near two of the mannequins. This is one of my favorite running gags that the show's ever done. It's really cute. And also we can see on the brand uh, labels on the yarn that she is at Yozawaya. Yep. And Himari explains that Khan and Show are so nice to her. She wants to do something for them for once. The sweaters are for them. That's why it's a secret. And she uh, asked Ringo, can you keep the sweaters a secret? And Ringo's like, of course! Ringo is having the best day. She's hanging out with someone who doesn't secretly want to abuse her and isn't being weird to her for very, very, you know, emotionally charged reasons and just genuinely enjoys being around her. This is the best day she's had in weeks, and I, I'm really sad it's going to get worse yeah. in, like, three hours. What did Ringo do? I was gonna say, what did Ringo do to deserve this? And then I remembered the opening of the series, and I'm like, okay, yeah, no. Does it actually answer my question in, like, a satisfying way? But it's not good, but it's a reason. (laughs) Also, as the two cross the mannequins again, there is now a mountain of colored wool under each mannequin. (laughs) Sunny has continued her knitting spree. Yeah, uh, they're looking for just the right color to make Kamba sweater. Yep. Uh, Ringo pulls out, like, something and says, As for Shoma, maybe this gloomy color? Um, <laughs> no, that's sense. And Himari has to gently remind her that they're not trying to just guess the two's personalities. Which is pretty savage. <laughs> they cross back across the display, and now it's, now it's a giant bear eating a salmon and a penguin eating an octopus because Sunny has knitted, like, mascot costumes and just... 
fully done them over. Sunny <laughs> has yarn bombed these mannequins. Also, Yuri Kuma preview. <laughs> Deep lore. Deep lore. <laughs> Deep lore. He's leaving the signs everywhere. You could have stopped me from making the bear show, Mr. Viewer. I gave you all the clues. <laughs> so Ringo gets a phone call. From Yuri. And just immediately just vibe checks as Yuri says, We had, I had so much fun last time. Well, let's go to a hot spring resort again sometime. FBI, open up. <laughs> okay, tasteless jokes aside, that is so fucked up. Yeah. That is extremely fucked up. Ringo kind of sheepishly says, okay. And uh, Yuri says, I know it's sudden, but can we meet up now? And Ringo's like, I'm actually with a friend right now. Yeah, it's Himari. The one I've been telling you, I've been telling you about her. Show's little sister. No, don't tell her this. <laughs> Yuri just immediately goes, oh, you're hanging out with the Takakura? That's perfect. And we can see actually that Yuri is in the same shop as them, but yeah. neither, neither party is aware of this. Yep. Or at least the girls aren't aware of this. I don't. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yuri would not be aware because if she were, she would have known that. Yeah, I would think she would be, like, looking at them or something at some point. I think that's just a coincidence. Yeah. She goes, let's just have dinner with just the three of us later. I definitely won't murder anyone. Hangs up the phone. The Takakura's daughter. She grips her bag so hard that her hand starts to shake. And summons the manager to tell him that she requires his most fabulous curtains, quote unquote. She says, I'll take the most fabulous curtains you have. And the girls walk out, never seeing her. Yeah, uh, Ringo and Himari passed by wordlessly behind her. Meanwhile, uh, Sho and Kanba are not having a great time in their search for the girls. Or, well, girl in this case, because they do not know Ringo is with her. Sho has checked every fabric store in Shinjuku and she's nowhere to be found. And Kanba informs him that he is in Ikebukuro and he is uh, heading for Yo- Yoz- yeah. Yozawaya. Yozawaya, thank you. He's heading there. This is not an intuitive word for either of us. Yozawaya, Yozawaya. He's going to Fabric Land. He's going to Joanne's. <laughs> He's going to Joanne Fabric. He's going to Joanne Fabrics where where Mari and Ringo have just walked out of. You can tell that we're from Mississippi, Panda, because we we can't say words correctly ever. There are lots of people who can't say words correctly. I saw a tweet going around just a couple days ago about how uh, every video essay YouTuber has like one extremely normal word that they just consistently mispronounce, which is true. <laughs> at least I don't say at least I don't say worse. <laughs> it's the thing I tell myself every day. It's your daily affirmation. <laughs> And come on, Alice, let's throw our clothes in the wash. <laughs> Hell is empty, and all the devils are here. <laughs> anyway, uh, Penguin number one has finally found something to bond with the octopus over. Can you guess what it is? It's being a pervert. Yeah. I'm so surprised. Kanba is just walking down the street, worrying about Hamari, 
and the ominous warning he got from the Princess of the Crystal that what he treasures most will be lost. Meanwhile, in an abandoned parking garage, or mostly abandoned parking garage, Yuri goes to answer a call from Tabuki, because we <laughs> see that her phone has him listed as hubby. With a little heart. Yep. Disgusting. And instead of answering it, she hangs up, grips her bag, and just immediately enters serious mode. Because she has a gun. She has a fucking gun. And we see sort of her perspective looking at Ringo and Himari and like the camera is shaking as Ringo introduces Himari to Yuri. Hate. Yeah. Yuri just like, hate. As she sits in the dark with her gun, there is, I believe, an audio cue that happens here, which is unfortunately hard for me to remember when we're watching the episode without sound for y'all's benefits. So that yeah. Recording. We get the slow walk of a silhouette forward. By God, that's Natsume's music! Yeah. And if you didn't know it was Natsume already, we get her classic line, Gosh, I must crush her soon. Immediately, car headlights turning on behind her as she strides forward confidently to reveal herself to the audience. Our girl is back! She was only away for not not even an episode. Man, Jerry got weird. (laughs) That's because she split into these two. I'm sorry, it's just every time I look at her, I'm like, oh, it's Jerry. And then I completely forget her her name and character. Get ready for all of them to happen at once. So the two immediately have a little standoff. Yuri snipes and goes, Oh, you were shopping at the same store? What a coincidence. Thank you for the wonderful song last time. You were a little off pitch, though. Devastating. <laughs> to which Yuri responds, Your ears must be broken. Ears must be broken. <laughs> so good. You're the only one who thinks that. <laughs> Just God intense evil. Sly foxes must be punished. She calls her a today. Oh, to be so young. A pure maiden who has never known a man can't even tell the difference between an imitation from the real deal. That is... This conversation fucking owns, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) This is the coolest either of these characters have been the entire time. Facing each other down in an abandoned industrial space, parking parking garage shit. You know, we were joking about the Western thing, but uh <laughs> guess Honestly, what they are having a little bit of a, you know, like a standoff. Yeah, this is fully like a fastest gun in the West situation. Not so we just goes, gosh, Parmenese celebrities have no class. What does that mean? I don't fucking know. I'm Googling it? Parvenu uh, is a person of obscure origin who has gained wealth, influence, or celebrity. So, Tommy Wiseau. That's what I to say. Wow! This is an extremely targeted fucking bird. <laughs> Neither of us can back down. That is our destiny. Curtain goes up for Yuri to bring back Mobilka to this world. My brain immediately started doing the fucking Team Rocket motto in my head. Right? As they did this, by the way. Natsume says, to save Mario's life. Yeah! Anyway, 
Fucking Yuri pulls out her gun. She said the thing! She said the thing! She said the thing! She you said the thing! You know how Maiden, like, you can't revolutionize your own world? <laughs> Meanwhile, as Yuri is pulling the gun out of her bag, so too come flying, like, dove feathers? Yeah. This is- God, this is fucking Kojima as hell. There's even a minigun. Natsume pulls out a fucking minigun as rose petals. Like, rose petals and miniguns and, like, something got revolutionized in your own world. This is just the, this is just the boss. The fear being consumed only allows you to see half of the world. And she's doing, like... By the way, it's not a gun, it's a crossbow! The way that Yuri is holding up this crossbow is also very evocative of Sailor Moon. I know! This is just Ikuhara making fun of himself. It's evidenced by Esmeralda throwing little handfuls of rose petals into the air. Little handfuls of rose petals? There's so many fucking rose petals. (laughs) So that Matsume can get a little, like, a traumatic blowing rose petal effect around her and her fucking minigun. I'm going to say this now. This show is never going to be better than this moment for me. This is (laughs) the best part of this show. I wish the whole thing had been like this. I want this this level of sheer absurd stupidity all the time. Fully, fully off the rails. You'll never understand the boss's will. Cheap corn bags are waiting for you. Yeah, she tells Yuri that she's past her prime and that cheap porn mags are all that's waiting for her. Fucking Damn. wrecked. As long as you don't believe in yourself, your life will only be consumed, Yuri says. As she begins firing, your life already has been consumed. And cut away from that, because that anime's too cool and we need to have a downer ending. <laughs> We're outside Penguin's Coffee. Yep. See, the combo drinking the coffee was also a setup for a location the characters would go later. <laughs> and Himari is really excited about meeting Yuri Tokikago. Just extremely excited. And the impressive part to me is not that Himari is excited to meet Yuri it's that Ringo seems actually genuinely excited to bring her. Yeah, I... Yuri must not remember what happened. I'm not sure what's going on with Ginko. I think maybe she might be trying to repress a bunch of the stuff that happened. Ginko is happily married. Leave her out of this. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say Ringo. <laughs> One day I will not mix up these names. That's not today. Is it really okay for me to come? Yeah, Yuri was really happy about it. Maybe because I told her you were a huge fan, Ringo says. Yeah, that's why she's happy about it. (laughs) And poor Himari, she's got little hearts in her eyes. Her little forehead's so glistening. She says, thank you, Ringo. Uh, Ringo very sensibly asks if Himari has to go back to the hospital. And Himari says, I'll be fine. I have some more time. Anyway, what's Miss Yuri like? As Sunny drinks an iced coffee in one single gulp, I guess? Yup. And uh, as Ringo is puzzled about how to answer that question, a voice off screen answers, she's a very nice person. Oh boy, Tabuki. <laughs> We see Combo walking past the coffee shop, and he apparently talked to the person at the 
craft store and was told there were countless girls coming to shop alone. It looks like Penguin One and the Octopus have finally had a falling out because the octopus is smashing their looking at peeping at girls' mirrors. And uh, the bunny boys, Sonatoshi's bunny boys, see that... Mari's still not back. Not back in her bed yet, and they say that she is a bad girl. A naughty girl. Naughty girl. girl. Bad, naughty girls must be punished. I hope nobody clips this out of context. (laughs) Please don't put this as the one that you put on Twitter as the teaser. (laughs) Well, now that you said that, I have. life is suffering (laughs) and before i was just gonna clip out some of cass and i's brutal feud from earlier i no please don't i'll be so humiliated (laughs) (laughs) so they say isn't it frightening it sure is as we see a shot of the penguin hat sitting on a chair yep she can't do nothing about what's about to happen. Anyway, uh, the girls and Tabuki are in an elevator near a construction site, which is an extremely normal place to go to meet with Yuri. Mm-hmm. And the elevator is ascending very quickly. And Himari's like, are we really meeting Yuri all the way up here? I can't wait to meet Yuri. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh. <laughs> hey, Ringo. Tabuki asks Ringo if he re- if she remembers what he told her before, you know, about how uh, even cruel, painful things have meaning. Meanwhile, Himari is just smiling obliviously as the, the trio ascend on the world's most threatening outdoor elevator. Totally oblivious. Protect that smile. Uh, Ringo's response to the question, by the way, is that she does remember that nothing in this world is pointless, even sad, painful things. He says, that's good to hear. Which should not sound as threatening as it is. Very ominous. Guys, we're on an elevator. We're on an elevator. They're doing the thing. Yep. I am doing the thing. There's something I wanted you to know. For the sake of the world, we must smash the egg. (laughs) Something you wanted us to know. Yes, the meaning of my life. I will show you, says Tabuki. I made up my mind. Ringo has cottoned on to the fact that this is bad. Himari just turns obliviously to smile at him. As Tabuki says, today I shall hand down punishment to the Takakura family. Really? Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! What is about to happen? It literally cuts to the title card, The Unforgiven, and that's it for this episode! It, yep, what we, a fucking yeah, character 180. Before, but the song is Bad News, which is a new song, and it's a, it's a pretty, it's pretty cool good number. Yeah, I like it. I said out loud without thinking earlier, hey, this sounds like it'd be in an anime, and then I have to pause it. Like, no, like, <laughs> an like an anime movie. This <laughs> actually happened. Incredible. Also, like, wow, what a what a character 180. Consider how far we've come from Mr. Bird Guy. When was the last time he mentioned a bird, huh? He oh, didn't yeah, even talk he about a single a bird. bird forever. He didn't talk about a single goddamn oh, bird. I think he's a God, he's into birds because it was the thing he chased with Momoka. Oh, no. That's oh, the implication we were supposed to get from that flashback. That's why sure. it's a related flashback. Okay. Fucking hate this. you hack. Not affected. You can't make me feel emotions. Also, this little next episode gag where... Uh, Penguin 1 is desperately trying to reach a notebook 
on a little steel girder and accidentally flips it into an endless abyss. Can you read what that says? Next station, uh... No, 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 the, on the, no, the, the, the katakana on the, the diary or the book or whatever. Oh, I can't read katakana. Oh, I know, I, it looks like it says, like, Irosu? I don't, I don't remember if that's E or A. Would you like me to grab a katakana dictionary? Because there are only 26 of them, it can't be that hard to figure out. Yeah, a lot easier than Kaji. Man, um, Kaji Ultimate Survivor got weird. When they redid the the girder art, but yeah, the the little teaser that we get at the end is uh, Penguin number one is out on a steel beam and he is trying to get the what I I mean it's not actually the diary, but it is a pink book with some katakana written on it. Yep, and the subtitles at the bottom say "Stop it! I know already. Stop! So stop suffering because of me." And I think that's Himari saying it. It's E, Ro, and Sue. Yeah, E, Ro, Sue. I typed it into Google and it showed me a bunch of pictures of Hatsune. Oh, that's not very helpful. Oh my god, it's Eros. Oh, like love. I'm stupid. Yeah, it's Eros, like like the Greek term for um sexual love. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize it until um trying to figure out what this was. I scroll down, um, and then literally every single one of these is 15 best rabbit vibrators. I'm like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) Oh, that's what that means. Right, right. (laughs) In case you'd be curious, it's also the name of a black and white Japanese art film from the 60s. Except uh, Eros... Plus massacre. So at the very last second of this preview, we get Penguin number two, like, rises up on his own steel beam and has, like, a, like, sheet or something wrapped around him and a crown of thorns. And he's holding up two books. And I can't read what they say. I mean, they say Erosu at the bottom, but, like, they each have something that it's, like... They're, they're, embossed above them yeah. the joke here is that they one of them is silver one of them is gold it's it's the fairy tale of the woodsman's axe oh oh yeah okay oh i was about to have a much super interpretation than that that's good i want to hear your interpretation oh okay i was just i just remembered i was just looking at this um have you ever heard of sakai osugi no or osugi sakai no he is a, he was a, a, he was back in the 20s and earlier, he was a Japanese anarchist uh-huh. who was famous as a translator. Okay. And they made a, there's an art movie about his life named Eros Plus Massacre. And as soon as I saw three, it's like, oh, because he had the, um, the three women in his life, his wife, his third lover, and his second lover who like tried to kill him in a tea house one time. <laughs> So I was making random wild associations. Incredible. And this last, our our, uh, little end card with the Lily Hoshino illustration, is this, I believe this is Tabuki, adult Tabuki with his head on child Momoka's lap is what it looks like to me. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's what's going on there. And it says, survival strategy. Right. I love takoyaki. So true. I've never had some. And next time, and next time we go to the uh, Korean barbecue place, I'll have to try it. 
Takayaki is excellent. Well, that sure was an episode, y'all. Yeah, yeah, it was. I uh, am very afraid (laughs) as to what next episode is going to bring us and what Tabuki means by punishment. I'm I'm happy. Like, I got rose petals and a minigun and, like, I'm good. Like, nothing else could hurt me. I mean, that's fair. Like, that was an extremely good moment of the episode and of the show in its entirety, for sure. Uh, highs before some hopefully not more lows. We only have seven episodes left. I'm sure it will be fine and nothing bad will happen. What could happen? <laughs> what could possibly happen? Yeah, I what could happen. You'd have a better shot at guessing what couldn't happen. Yeah... So, do we have any uh, final thoughts on this episode before we close out? I thought they were chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me let me let me. Okay, I, I Alice disagree. looked this up earlier. Let's get the so, final word. They, um, it is not uncommon for you to use these little skewer things uh, with little with little like little wooden or lacquer handles, which can they are kind of thicker. So you can actually use them in a similar fashion to chopsticks to turn something over. Um, but they, I presumably also, you could just like spike one as well, which you could probably spike several, I assume, and push them off into a, like a plane or something like that if you wanted to. But I found, a, I found that that is pretty common to do it. To be fair, to give you a small, a, a small consolation, it is not, it is also not uncommon to do, to use chopsticks as a way of turning them. Okay. I thought they were chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Series thoughts on the episode. I, I liked this one a lot, actually. This is this one's just good. I, I don't have anything bad to say. I don't have anything even neutral to say. I just liked all of it. Yeah. Every bit. It had some of the weird Ikahara shit. It had some of the stuff I like about this show that's a little more unique to it. Like, having the character conversations, having some of the ominous, like, phone combos that you get in other Ikuni shows, but, like, in a real context, is kind of fun. It also had um, a showdown in an abandoned industrial space parking garage kind of thing. It wasn't an abandoned industrial space parking garage. It is an abandoned industrial space. Don't take this from me. Okay. But it was the parking garage at the fabric store. Isn't every parking garage an abandoned industrial space, Panda? If you believe. I do. Fervently. (laughs) Every ounce of my being. I know. Um, anyway, you that like really genuinely not as a bit like probably my favorite my favorite bit in this in the show so far. Yeah, it's delightful. It is everything I like in anime. It, it's it's just very dumb, and I can feel like it's making fun of lovingly about a dozen different things, including Akuni himself. And, uh, this was just a fun one. I like this one. I'm 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 interested to see where we go with the a complete character 180 of. Bird Boy, especially considering that only a few episodes ago, he gave a really beautiful little little talk about how moving on with your life. So, what the fuck? I know, right? Like... <laughs> yeah, I, I almost think that this is a, new, a different guy, or that he has been tampered with in some way. Because like, yeah. how, how could you betray us like this? <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm really curious about what's going to happen with I, st- I stuck out my neck for you, Tabuki. You betrayed me. Everyone's betrayed me. I'm fed up with this bird. 
Cass, do you have any final thoughts? I remember saying to Alice after I watched this episode tonight that um, in preparation for our discussion that this is what I wanted out of Penguin Drum in all the same ways that I think Alice already so clearly and beautifully enumerated. This is an extremely good little episode. Everything about it is really, really well paced. The jokes come fast and thick. The dark moments provide contrast and are and further kind of elevate the jokes because they play off each other so well. Honestly, uh, as long as we don't get a repeat of what happened last time, <laughs> someone close to Momoka decided to have issues, which I don't think they're going for because that would actually be significantly out of character for Tabuki. I'm sure uh, you guys won't be surprised to hear that Ikuhara was not the sole storyboarder for this episode, but was one of three storyboarders for this episode. No, I'm not shocked. No. <laughs> this man did a massive piss take on himself, and for that, I am extremely uh, grateful. Very few artists can make fun of themselves this well. <laughs> Also, um, Masahira Aizawa was one of the uh, storyboarders on this episode, and he was uh, an animation director on uh, Revolutionary Girl Uchina. So, just a, a fun Oh, that's fun neat. Fact. Yeah. I do so love fun. Indeed. Well, if that is all we've got, I'm terrified for what the next episode will bring, uh, or what the next episode of Penguin Drum will bring, but I'm excited for what the next episode of this podcast will bring because we are going to be back with another guest episode with a returning guest. So uh, look forward to that, listeners, because this is uh, another... <laughs> Another returning guest who has a lot of feelings about Moaru Penguin Drum and is very excited to share them. So uh, if you want to keep up with updates about that, you can find us on Twitter at UsnaCast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at MPNanata. Alice, where can people find you online? I'm really sorry for you said Alice, and I was like waiting for Cass to say something. <laughs> I swear I'm my own person with and not high fun. You can find, I can be found on Twitter at Lyrewolf, L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. Every time I say it, it sounds like a radio station. <laughs> Cass, uh, where can people find that other podcast that you and Alice do? Very infrequently, Alice and I record our podcast, Big Steppy. Uh, you can find us on Twitter for that podcast, at SteppyCast. Oh, but it, it, we're, you're coming back. It's true. Uh, Big Steppy, uh, secretly waiting for the year of the rabbit, because they got big feet. Like to uh, support the show, you can do that on Patreon. You can find that at utinacast.com. If you would like to come on this show, uh, you can either email us at imagineusina at gmail.com or you can fill out the Google form in our pinned tweet. And uh, that is all of our things, I think. And if it's not, I don't care because I'm tired. And um, I guess. It's time to to survival strategy. So on three, two, one, we will survival tactic. Ready? All right. Three, two, one, survival, survival. tactic. tactic.